0: With the best. Welcome to the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Oh, he's smoking hot! The latest Laker news. Another great showtime feed! The greatest Laker show. This is gonna be legendary for a long time. This is the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Lakers all day. Go Lakers!
1: Hello and welcome everybody to Big Baby Sports. I'm Big Baby Jonathan. Very very special guest here today, Lakers silent reporter Mike Trudeau. Mike Trudeau, thank you so much for coming on on this Sunday morning. How you doing, man? Hope all is well with you and the family.
0: It's my pleasure to be here, man. Uh, It's good to see you and uh, hope all is well with you too.
1: Yeah, everything's going well with me, man. Um, we're just gonna get into some Laker talk. But before we get into Laker talk, tell us a little bit about your background history. I know you graduated in 2004, School of Journalism. Tell us a little bit about that before you pursued journalism. Like, what made you pursue journalism in in college?
0: You know, it's funny that I think the first time I got hooked on sports and in the NBA, especially, I was a kid of the '80s. So Michael Jordan, uh, he was the thing. You know, it was uh, it was everything about him. Even before he won the championships, the shoes, the um, the shaved head, just the look, the feel, the scoring dominance, the uh, defense. There's something about his personality um, on and off the court that I just got hooked on watching hoops. And so especially once the Bulls started to make their runs in the 90s, I was watching every game. And I also loved the broadcast side of things. So I loved Bob Pastis. I loved Marv Albert. And that was kind of my first entry into, into where I, I ultimately wanted to be with sports and then I grew up in Minnesota, so I, I the Timberwolves started eventually, uh, and the Minnesota Twins won the World Series in 1987 and 1991. You know, so I kind of I I really liked all sports, but there's always been this special connection with the NBA. And so as I was growing up, I thought, you know what, I think that I could study this and follow a path towards journalism, towards broadcasting, and that's ultimately what led me to Northwestern and the journalism school there. And, you know, kind of from that point on, I I just found a way to stay in the sports world.
1: Yeah, I know you were, I know I saw, I know you worked for Minnesota website. Like, tell us a little bit, like, what was the day-to-day process working for the Minnesota Timberwolves? Like, did you have to prepare before every game, before the game, two days before the game? Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, so when I started working for the Timberwolves, the way that I treated that job was, was as if I was covering the team, for the team, just like somebody else who worked, whether it was for ESPN or a local newspaper or a local radio station, a local TV station. So I, I wanted to try to fuse all of those things. So I did podcasts, I did feature stories, I did blog posts, I did game stories, uh, I did video and live updates and interviews. So just anything that I could think of that would be covered in the media. Um, since at the time, especially, there weren't many people working for teams on the content side. And so I just kind of tried to one man bandit and I, I did have some some really good people i was working with as well but that was the idea and i, I was able to do that for a couple of years and then uh, two years after that so this was '06 to '08, and then in 2008 the lakers wanted to hire a position that was similar to what i was doing in minnesota and it just kind of worked out that there was mutual interest and i've been here since
1: that's good man you do, you do a great job what you do man and uh we're gonna get into some questions real quick um who was your first interview when you first got hired by the Lakers? Do you remember, who was your, what was the first player that you interviewed as a Lakers sideline reporter?
0: Wow. So I didn't start doing the sideline reporting until uh, 2011. So that was the last year that the team split. They had their road games still on KCAL and the home games on Fox. And so I did the road games. Uh, this was after John Ireland took the play-by-play job. And that was enjoyable. Uh, I really loved doing it. But I had, I had already been doing the Lakers.com reporting stuff for a few years before that. And so in terms of my first interview, I think that – so I came, I came right after media day on October in October of 2008. And so if you recall, the Lakers, of course, had just lost in the finals to the Celtics. But mm-hmm. I felt like they had the best team coming back. They were getting Bynum back healthy. They were getting Ariza back healthy. Kobe was at his peak. You had Paul Gasol, um, who was right, right about getting to his peak. Lamar Odom. You know, it was, it was such a squad. So it was just daily interviews uh, with with everybody. It was Phil Jackson. It was Kobe. It was Powell. In terms of the first one-on-one sit-down that I did, I'm not sure. It may have been Lamar Odom. Uh, it may have been Jordan Farmar or Derek Fisher or one of those guys. But yeah, I, I'd have to I'd have to go back into the archives, big baby, to figure that mm-hmm. out specifically. But it was it was one of those dudes.
1: Yeah, that's, that's good, man. You know, I, I like what you do on the sideline and um, Spectrum Sportsnet and ESPN and all that good stuff, but now let's get into some Laker talk, man. You know, the Lakers won on Friday night versus Indiana Pacers. Like, overall, how do you think this team is going to finish the season, and how do you think that um, the All-Star break, in, like, overall, the impact of the Lakers having the All-Star break, do you think it's going to benefit them from taking that, like, five- to six-day break?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for sure it's going to be beneficial and, you know, realistically for everybody other than LeBron, they got a good eight days of just Mm -hmm. getting away from the game, getting out of the practice facility, trying to clear their heads. And it depends on which guy it is, right? So Caruso said he just needed four to five days and then he was kind of ready to go. And then there were other guys that probably needed that full time. We know that LeBron had the all-star game and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as big of an ask as usual. But he still had to fly across the country. He still had to get his body, at least ready to start the game and to play 12 minutes at that pace. You know? So he didn't get as much of a break. But I do think that you saw a bit better in terms of energy when they came out against Indiana. But Indiana had really good energy, too. And that, that's the thing you always have to remember, that sometimes, it's yes, it's good for a team to get a break. But if the other teams are as well, they're always going to give the Lakers their best shot. And that, to me, is kind of what happened. You saw Indiana come out and play really well. And in fact, Big Baby, last night, Indiana went into Phoenix, you know, who, who's who been, uh, you know, winning a ton of games lately. So uh, that team, I think, is, is playing a little better. They just got Karis Levert back. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, long story longer to get into what I think is going to happen for the Lakers. They just need to keep treading water here. The schedule isn't as difficult in March as it's going to be moving forward. Gasol's still out. AD's going to still be out for at least two weeks. Caruso, we know. Um, is going to be, well, I guess we don't know for sure, but we're assuming big baby that he's going to be out the next game. Uh, just thinking about being in a concussion protocol. Hopefully he comes uh, he Hopefully he's good. Hopefully he's fine. We're certainly wishing him the best, but uh, we're, you know, they're shorthanded, right? So they need to use that depth. They need to um have other guys step up in the way that Kyle Kuzma did against the Pacers. And th- they should be just fine if they do that.
1: Yeah, most definitely, man. Um, Lakers, what do you think though? I mean, what do you
0: think? Big baby, what do you think? What do you think?
1: Overall, about the team,
0: yeah, what are you overall, expecting?
1: I expect Lakers to come out like they normally do play with that passion, hustle, grit, grind. I love the energy, what they did against Indiana. You know, they turned it up defensively, offensively. You know, and I expect Lakers to repeat as champions, in my personal opinion. You know, we got to put in the Lakers, gotta go out there, put in the hard work, and I expect them to. And LeBron's playing at the highest level. I feel like, in my personal opinion, he's a favorite to win MVP. You know, and what he's able yeah, to do at this age at yep. his age plan you know and he only missed one game you know the game against sacramento you know so it's it's just it, right. really really cool to see lebron doing this thing you know 80s won't come back do his thing cuz ad we need a healthy anthony davis In my reading 100 actually 110% anthony davis cuz anthony davis defense and offense works works well with lebron i'm very excited to see anthony davis back i'm also excited to see this the team just get a little bit more healthier
0: For the playoff push, for sure, for sure, yeah, man, it makes a lot of sense. And and that health is always going to be important. Like there aren't that many teams in NBA history that have won the title that have had a key player injured. It just doesn't happen, right? Because the next team always has is always is always there, is always ready to take advantage to capitalize. So getting Davis particularly, getting him particularly back, is going to be a major major key as they try to make a run here.
1: Yeah, and speaking of Anthony Davis, man, um what do you, what do you see from him from the bubble till now? Do you think it's the NBA Finals Championship a little bit of a hangover kinda? What do you see from a different Anthony Davis this season to last season?
0: Yeah, I think it I think it's really as simple as what you just said. I, I think that he was just tired, uh, like all these guys. And maybe the difference is from somebody like A D and LeBron is that LeBron has been through going to the finals and then having to get himself ready for that next season again. And A D just hadn't been through it, uh, so I think that moving forward in his career, um, that would be something he would understand a bit better, but but let's even give him the benefit of the doubt by saying they only had 71 days, and mm. that right there, it, it, for somebody that A hasn't been through it before, and that B has to somehow get uh, get their body going, and then C doesn't have any fans, that to me is the thing that probably isn't talked about enough this season. Uh, big baby, with how much energy the Lakers get from their home crowd, especially all the way from the 300 level down to the courtside seats. Like, that's something that they really thrive off. And they need that because they're getting, by being the Lakers, especially when they have LeBron James, when you have Anthony Davis, they're getting the other team's A game. Like, they are getting that other team is excited to be in L.A. They're excited to be on the court against LeBron. Uh, They're going to play better than they might play against uh, some other franchises that haven't had that level uh, of success or don't have that, you know, kind of that, that history, right, behind them. And it requires a lot more energy, and I think that that right there made it real difficult on AD. And so all that did, though, look, maybe it moved him from top five last year, right, All-NBA first team, to, like, All-NBA second team. You know, it's not like he fell that many spots. Even when he wasn't playing at his best, uh, as we saw in the bubble, he's still an an incredible two-way player. Where you know he was just overwhelming team, so I think that he will get back to the Anthony Davis that we saw last season. I think that he was already building up to that, and then that's one way, hopefully at least, that we can look at this as a bright spot if AD does indeed get fully healthy, which we expect him to. That he's had a month or so to get the rest of his body right as well. You know, he's had a he's had that extra. I don't want to call it rest because he's been working. You know, he's been lifting, he's been trying to get conditioned. But I do I do think that's a that hopefully is something that can help him moving forward.
1: Yeah, man, because Anthony Davis is a talented player. You know, I like his game, his post-up, his mid-range jumper. His defense, man, his defense is really good because he can guard like a Jokic versus Denver, guard Kevin Durant because we're potentially going to be playing them in the finals and some other teams down the road. But Anthony Davis' defense, man, is is really great. You know, I feel like he should have won Defense Player of the Year last year in my personal opinion, but... It is what it is, and actually, I feel like that motivated Anthony Davis. You know, LeBron not winning MVP last season, and Anthony Davis not winning any awards, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm not gonna win any awards. I'm gonna show you when to play I'm gonna turn up." So that's what he did. That's how. That's how I feel like Anthony Davis took that approach. He didn't win any defensive player of the year, and he took us. He looked at, "Okay, you want to win defensive player? It's all good. I'll just win a championship." You know what I mean? He took that Kobe Bryant mentality. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do. I I, th- I think that all year long, LeBron and AD because they were in the you know. Everybody was mentioning them for those awards, even before the season started. I think that they had the big goal of winning the title, but you can't—you know—you're not lying. There's something about watching somebody else, and in this case, a great player in Giannis, right? It, 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 there's no—you uh, know—I'm not complaining that Giannis won both. Um, I, I do think that LeBron and AD had a better overall seasons, including what they did for the team uh, and what the likely outcome of the season was. And sure, you could say that Giannis didn't have as much help since he didn't have number two, um, like AD in LeBron's case, but where he really ended up winning those awards was the defensive metrics and the advanced stats and the efficiency rating and you know, like that that stuff to me was a bit more of a beneficiary or was a bit more of a benefit from Milwaukee because they were able to beat so many Eastern Conference teams by a lot. And when, you, when you're when you winning games against the Knicks last year or the Cavs last year by 23 points, that was, a, I thought, what would, would ultimately push that net rating. And Giannis does get some credit for it, too, because he plays so hard every night that he's maximizing what that score different, differential is going to be. Meanwhile, with the Lakers, I think what they were doing was, was ensuring that they were winning games, but they weren't always going to have the throttle down in the fourth quarter because they knew that they were going to need some of that once they got to the postseason. And by the time walking got to the postseason, they didn't really have that extra gear to go to. And I think that's part of why Miami beat them. Well, the Lakers did. The Lakers did have that extra gear because LeBron and AD had been, I thought, just a, a bit more effectively managing the regular season. And that's the kind of thing that I think should get counted in an MVP debate, in a, a Defensive Player of the Year debate. Because even though you know, people want to say that it's about that regular season alone, I don't quite subscribe to that, Big Baby. I think that the whole point of basketball is to win the title. And so the regular season is preparation for the postseason. And mm-hmm. if you are if you are taking a bit off of your regular season numbers, whether it's minutes or production, but it's it's something that you then prove in the postseason was for a purpose that should be counted in for that type of thing. And, and that's just my take, at least. I know that's not how we vote on these things, but uh, I I am that that's the way that I look at it. How, how about you?
1: Yeah, hundred percent agree with you, man. You know, j- just like you said regular season's preparation for the playoffs, just like we see these teams around the NBA. You know, Clippers, they had, they're having great seasons, and then once they get to the playoffs, they don't, they don't know how to execute. You know, just like a couple of years ago, Atlanta Hawks had Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, Al Horford, number one seed, got bounced out in the first round. So, you have to prepare, execute in the playoffs, not the regular You can have the best record in the whole NBA season in history, get to the playoffs and lose. So, you know, I just feel like Lakers had more experience than any team last season, and I feel like, those eight games in the bubble really helped the Lakers, you know, really get to where they need to get to to win the championship. That's how I feel because they didn't have any fans, you know, and I, I know that a lot of Lakers fans are upset. Like, oh, we might not win a championship. And I said, I'm actually glad that the Lakers are going through the rough stretch in the bubble, those eight games, so we can learn, pick up off of it and keep it pushing the playoffs. And that's what we did. You know, I mean, a hundred percent agree with you on, on that take.
0: Yeah. The only reason they struggled in the, in those eight seeding games is because they had the number one seed locked up and they didn't have to win. That. And so they were using them as preseason. And I think that the rest of the folks in the bubble, for the most part, you know, not every team, but many teams in the bubble, either had to win those games or, you know, were really really needed to, uh, to secure their position in terms of seeding and such. So that was uh, to me what happened in that, like the Lakers had one rough game, from a shooting perspective, to start against Portland, and then they were off to the races. And the defense, by the way, was there from the start of that series. So, yeah, that, that, that's that's what happened, I thought, last year in the bubble as well.
1: Yeah, man, uh, it just feels good as a like a Lakers fan and watching the Lakers overall finally win the championship. You know, I know a lot of people say that it doesn't count. It counts to me as a fan. Since 2010, all those bad seasons that we went through with all the players that we had, and we finally won, it feels good, and we won it. And crazy twenty twenty man, with Kobe passing the pandemic, all that. I feel like to me that that's the, one of the greatest championship as a fan that I experienced. You know what we've been through as a team. What do you think? What is for you? What is the greatest championship in your opinion out of Lakers history? Out of all the championships, out of the seventeen championships.
0: Yeah, it's a tough call, right? They have so many great teams, so so many legendary all time teams, and. It's harder for me to speak to the ones that I wasn't there for. And so I was there, obviously, for 2009, 2010, and then last year. I get to see those in person. The 3 Pete I saw on television, right? I was in college at the time with the Kobe mm-hmm. Shock years. The Showtime Lakers, I was a kid. And so I, I was seeing you know some highlight clips here and there. But those games weren't even on live um, for that whole run. They mm-hmm. were by the end yeah. of it. And then you know, of course, you had the you had the Jerry West, Wilt, uh, Gil Goodrich year, uh, and like that that team and the winning streak, and you know finally getting over the the hump after so many years of not being able to clinch it in Los Angeles. If I so, if, I've asked this question before though to some people that would know even better than me, you know Michael Thompson, for those guys that have been there for the whole time, and I think that it, it comes down to a debate between the. The best Showtime team, which some take your pick, some say 86, some say 80, or I guess 86, 87 season, 87, 88, take your pick between those two. And then the 2001 squad that went 15 and 1 in the postseason. And while I think that, so the Kobe and Shaq run of dominance, like that 15 and 1, only losing the one game to Allen Iverson in game one with a tie loose step over, it's tough to go to, to take a. You know, to think of a more impressive postseason run than fifteen and one. Except that you consider that showtime team and just you know, magic at his peak, Kareem's still close to it, big game James, all of the great role players. i I might lean very slightly towards the best showtime team. I think they were helped by fewer teams in the league, right? There was more centralized talent and they just like the the Kobe Shack Lakers, as great as they were. Uh, that was, I thought, more a testament to just Kobe and and Shaq being completely indestructible as the duo, and then they had the whole supporting cast. Whereas, like the number three player on the Showtime Lakers, you know, being James Worthy, like that's that's pretty ridiculous. Like having a number one pick uh, as your third best player, and then you know, again, I mentioned all the rest of those vets. So, it's a debate, though, uh, Jonathan, that could could be had for a long time. I think that last year's team. And this year's as well. Like, we have to see what happens, right? We have to see, is this going to be a run? Are, is it going to be – are they going to be able to uh, repeat? Uh, is it possible somehow that they repeat? Like, we, we don't – since we don't know that yet, I can't quite rank them historically. Um, but I will agree with what you said about it 100% canon. They absolutely earned it. There is no asterisk unless you want to say that it's one that makes it even a little bit tougher uh, to win in that climate. So, yeah, I I don't think we can take anything away. I'm just I'm not ready to have the historical comparison yet for uh, that team with you know with the O one team or with the best Showtime team.
1: Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. I started watching Lakers in two thousand, you know, Shaq, Kobe, you know, they're dominant, you know, and Shaq and Kobe always said best of the one two greatest punch of all time. I, that's a tough debate as well. And but yeah. the two thousand nine two thousand ten, there's so many great storage teams. You know, just like last year, they're gonna be great twenty twenty this team potentially going to be great as well, you know, so far and so forth. You know, so I'm just really excited what they're going to do this second half of the season. I know we won against Indiana, and we got a game tomorrow versus Golden State. But, Mike Trudell, thank you so much for coming on Big Baby Sports. Go ahead and tell the people where they can find you on social media.
0: Hey, man, don't worry about me. They know where to find me. I'm happy to be on your show, and uh, it's good talking to you. And I, I wish you the best, and we'll talk soon, all right?
1: I appreciate you, man. Take care. Yes, sir.